Today I'm reading from Luke 1, verse 39 through to 56. And in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should, <clears throat> should come to me? For behold, when she... <clears throat> Sorry. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. May I have this memorized? This is the word of God. Well, good morning. My name is Jared. I'm one of the pastors here at the Shore Church, and it is great to be here with you this morning. If you are new here or is this, if this is your first time, so great to have you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's great to have you here on this Advent Sunday as we turn on the candle. We need to start, stop saying lighting the candle. We turn on the candle. Uh, the third candle is, as you already heard, uh, Steve do such a great job as joy, as joy is this Advent word for today as we celebrate the arrival season of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So joy comes in many forms though, right? Like it is a powerful emotion, like joy. Joy is one of those things that etches itself on your brain. Like the internet, if you've heard of this thing, it's, it's called the internet, it's the World Wide Web. It comes with a definition like this of joy, right? Joy is the emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. That's a great definition. Like Dr. Uh, Dr. Diana Samuel, a professor at Columbia University Medical Center, says this about joy. I think I have it on the screen. I can't remember. Yeah, look at that. Smiling can trick your brain by elevating your mood, get this, lowering your heart rate and reducing your stress. The smile doesn't have to be based on real emotion. Get this, the smile doesn't have to be based on real emotion because faking it works as well. <laughs> this is crazy. Like if you fake a smile, your heart rate goes down. Like this is, this is pretty cool. Like this joy doesn't only affect your brain, right? It affects your circulatory system. Like these are just articles I read this week, all right? It affects your circulatory system, your autonomic nervous system, which is the part of your body that tells it to breathe, to digest food, and to dilate your pupils. Like, so faking a smile can calm your heart rate and alleviate stress. 
Man, we need to smile more, right? Maybe you're all smiling right now. I just can't see because you're masked up, right? Like this is, this is, we need to smile more if this is the case. So after reading a few articles on joy and the science behind it, it reminded me that joy is a created emotion. Like God in his glory, in his majesty, in his knowledge is all perfect knowledge knew all the things that would take place in the body for even just a smile to work and to transform what is going on inside of you. Like this is a created emotion by our Heavenly Father. So creation of the body is an amazing thing. But the creation of the body that creates a body is one of the biggest emotional things that will ever take place in your life. Like I remember every birth of my kids like it was one of those, the emotional experiences for me of joy that was just amazing. Like I can't say like the labor time was joy filled for Jody, but it was for me. I loved it. It was an amazing experience for me. It was filled me with joy. Well, the story that we are reading today and that Eleanor read so great for us is, uh, is a celebration in this Advent season, this arrival season of the eternal king, the baby Jesus, who has come to save us from the sin of our hearts. So let's pray and then we'll jump into this. Jesus, I thank you so much for all that you have done for us. I thank you for this season where we can celebrate and, and have joy in what you have done, why you have come, and what you are doing for us each and every day. I thank you for this season that we can celebrate and remember you, that we can, like Steve mentioned earlier, that we can look at the lights and remember the joy that you have come as our saving king. So I pray, Lord, that you'll soften our hearts today, that we'll hear uh, what you have prepared through me, and that you'll set me aside and that your voice will be the one that's heard today. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Well, I remember, I don't know if you remember, some of those joy-filled experiences that have literally etched on your mind. Uh, but one of those for me anyways was when I got my driver's license. Remember way back when? You got your driver's license and the very first time you, sorry teenagers, it's coming. All right, it's coming. I grew up in Alberta, so I got it like when I was like 12. Uh, so, so when I got my driver's license, I sit behind, behind that wheel of my car and I drove away from my parents' driveway for the very first time with nobody in the car on, in my Hyundai XL hatchback. This thing was legit orange, all right, four-door. The girls were crawling to the door, you know, to see this thing. This was an amazing ride, right? So I'm driving in this car, and out of the experience of my emotions, the joy that I had just having no one else in the car, just me behind the wheel, I was just yelling. Like I was literally yelling driving down the roads, this is amazing! Like the joy in me was overwhelming. It was so good. I'll never forget that moment. And there's other moments too, right? Like I already mentioned, like when my children were born, that was, that, that I'll never forget those moments. Like the body changes. There's something that happens within you. Right? The, the emotion that I had the very first time that, you know, Jody kissed me. Never forget that. Right? Like, I went in for a handshake. It's like, have a great night. 
and she just went in all in and just wrapped her arms around me, maybe a leg, I can't remember. But she went in, it was like, it was so good. I don't think Jody remembers it exactly the way I do, but uh, it, was, it was amazing. I also had one actually just yesterday, <clears throat> a joy that I'll never forget. It actually sparked in my body. I jumped out of my seat and did one of these. Like, like I literally did that. I jumped out of my seat, no control of my body, and I just, like, who does this? Right? It was because I was watching my youngest child dribbling down the court in basketball, pulling up behind a three-point swish. And she looks at me running back going, Right, and the very next time down, the, I didn't jump up at that one. The ne- very next time down the court, swish, same thing. Very next time down the court, third one in a row, swish. My body just throws itself off the chair, and I'm like, yelling, "Heat check, let's go!" Right? It was joy, like joy, just overflowed my body because I love my daughter. I love watching her play. Well, in all of these, our bodies are so complex and there is much about the human body and how it works and that we just don't fully understand yet. Like there's also those emotional feelings that take place uh, through your body that, that, are, that cause different reactions, right? Like the, these emotions are crazy hard and, and they change your, even your body and your body temperature and your body reacts to these different things. Like I remember standing in front of my classmates doing school presentations Maybe this happens to you as well. I would get these red rash like all over my neck and it would just kind of start really low and then just take over my whole body. Because I was so fearful of what my classmates thought of me. I had crazy anxiety and stress and, and so I started wearing turtle. I started wearing turtlenecks. <laughs> Collared shirts, like who does that? Anyway, so I'm wearing these turtlenecks and now I'm just sweating, right? Because I'm so hot. Like emotions are powerful. Well, because God created the body and how it responds to different situations that we face, maybe that's why in the book of James we see this in chapter 1 and verse 2 and 3. Count it all joy. Like remember, this is the creator of your body, the creator of emotions. And he says, count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. And look at those next three words. For you know. For you know. Count it all joy when you face various trials of any kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. See, the world, like Dr. Samuel, are trying to find out how the body works. And they're finding out some things. God already knows exactly how it works. They're trying to find out and they they can find that faking out the body with a smile works. But what if we had something to actually smile about? Like what if? Like even in the midst of trials that we could look back to and just go, man, this is glorious. What this verse is reminding us to do is to take even the hardest moments of our life, the ones that actually test our faith and consider them joy, which in turn affects your physical body in a positive way. 
because it will also develop in you perseverance in your faith. So no matter the situation we are facing, we can have joy, friends. We can have joy. This sounds too good to be true, right? But, but, but joy is a powerful emotion, but also one we are called to as Christians to let flow out of us. Like literally let it flow out of you. Like that moment I got up off the chair and just let it flow, right? I don't know why I keep doing that. <clears throat> but I'm, I'm filled with joy right now. Like this is the thing. Like the scripture over and over and over again has said something about joy. Like 203 times joy is mentioned within the word of God. Here are a couple, Galatians 5, and 23. You know this text. If you've been around the church, it says the fruit of the Spirit. Remember, we're studying Ephesians, and we're going to get back into it come January. But we ended off with chapter 3, and it was talking about like, the Lord is building you into a temple that he can tabernacle in you, that he can actually live inside of you. This is the Holy Spirit, and he can live inside of you. Out of that experience, out comes love and joy and peace. Or in Nehemiah 8, verse 10, it says, Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Or further on in Nehemiah, remember the people are rebuilding the walls of the city, and they finish the walls of the city, and they sacrifice to the Lord and give him thanks. And even God produces joy within you. It says this in Nehemiah 12, 43, and they offered great sacrifices that day and rejoiced because the walls had been rebuilt. For God had made them rejoice. God, listen to that. God had made them rejoice with great joy. Or we get Psalm 33, like an imperative, an action step out of the things that we know. And it says, shout for joy. Shout for joy. This is a command upon us. Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. And then it, it, it finishes that verse with praise befits the upright. Like what in the world does that mean? Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Praise befits the upright because the upright understand what they have. What they have in Christ. That's why they're shouting for joy. So no matter the circumstance, they're shouting they're praising God. No matter their, can you imagine? No matter their circumstances, I'm going to praise Jesus. Like, are you remembering why you are living? Like, I love you too much not to give some application to this. Like, are we remembering why you are living in a time of a pandemic? Are we remembering why we are living in times of death? Are we remembering why we are living in times of sickness and pain and suffering? Like it's not about status. It's not about health. It's not about wealth. Like that's the world's definition of satisfaction. It's not about for that, that for us. It's about living for the Lord. That's what it's about. That will produce in you joy. It's about living for him. We live for him as Christians. No matter the circumstance. Philippians 4.1 is one of my favorites as I was reading through all these different texts of joy. And Paul here to the Philippian church is, is expressing his love to his people. As I've said to this multiple times, it's been four and a half months since I've been your lead pastor. And God has put on my heart just a love for you. Like I can't explain it. 
but God has made me love you. And Paul, and I don't think that's a wrong thing to share with you. Like it's good when someone goes, hey, I love you. And Paul is doing this in Philippians 4.1. It says this, it says, therefore, my brothers, my family, whom I love and long for, you are my joy and my crown. And then he, he, he gives them a little bit of a encouragement. He goes, stand firm. Stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. This is where our joy comes from, from being with one another. This is a community verse. He's saying, you are my joy. When we gather together, we see that in Hebrews, right? Do not neglect gathering together. Why? Because God created the body, all the sparkings that happen within the body. Because when, he, when you meet with people, when you gather with people, when you hang out with people that have a direct mission to make Jesus known, you will fall in love with each other. So in all of these passages and the many more I read in preparation for this Sunday, our text for today follows a similar trend for joy. And joy is the result, right? Remember the definition I started with. It says joy is the emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something ex exceptionally good or satisfying. So before joy takes place, there needs to be a hearing, like a hearing. And then what you hear, you need to believe. And then out of that response from your heart of belief, joy happens. A hearing, a believing, and a joy. So those are my three points. Let's hit number one, hearing. So let's look again at the text, Luke 1, 39 to 42. <clears throat> if you don't have a Bible, I think there's Bibles at the back. Please grab one of those. It's our gift uh, from us to you. Merry Christmas. All right, it's the best thing we could ever give you is the Word of God. So verse 39, it says, In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. See, a couple things before we get into the text to set the stage here is we have... Uh, to see what Luke is doing. Like look back, if you've got your Bibles open, look back at verses 5 through 25. We're not going to read them, but you can see the heading of that text. Luke is doing something. He's trying to awaken us to something here. We have Zechariah, a priest in the temple of God, and his wife Elizabeth told by an angel that they, in their old age, are going to become pregnant. And friends, I need to stop us for a second here. Family. Remember back in September, I asked us, let's, let's all read through the Bible together. Let's, as we draw near to God, we're going to draw near to each other. And so I said, let's read through the Read Scripture app together. And some of you have said yes. And so we're already through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, and Ruth, and 1 Samuel. And we're into 2 Samuel now and through a lot of the Psalms. How's your reading plan going? As you're walking through these things, as you're walking, you've heard stories like this. Luke is trying to awaken us because the whole Bible is connected. It's all showing the same story over and over again. And it's pointing this one grand meta-narrative theme right through the text of Scripture. And so Luke here is trying to awaken us to this. This is why, 5 through 25, he's trying to awaken us to something that is taking place here. See, there was a promise from an angel to an, another elderly couple. 
that they were going to have a child and through the, this offspring, God will fulfill his promise. Like he's speaking of Abraham and Sarah. He's trying to remind us that this is not the first time that this has taken place. See, Zechariah being a priest would have connected this at some point, but he was blinded to the connection. And I might ask, just stop here for a second, are we being blinded to the connections that are going on around us? Are we missing out on the joy that's right before our face? See, the similarity between Abraham and Sarah and Zechariah and Elizabeth is amazing. One child, Isaac, will be the beginning of God's people and the next baby, John, will be the proclaimer of the coming king, Jesus. And then in verse 26 through 38 of that chapter 1, so Luke continues the story. He's unpacking this grand meta-narrative story in verse 26 through 38. Six months later, the angel Gabriel comes to marry a teenage woman not yet married, but betrothed to a man named Joseph. <clears throat> Friends, the Bible gives us the exact words we need to hear and believe salvation. Like the 66 books that we have in our scripture, we can understand enough that we need to know about God and who, what he has done for us. That he has come to save us from our sin, that he's taken the penalty upon himself and he's given us all of his righteousness that we might be saved. We've got that in the scripture, but what the cool thing is, there's, there's so much nitty-gritty dirt that we don't know about all these stories. Like some stories in scripture, we get the nitty-gritties, but here we got to kind of put, put some ideas into what's going on in between the text a little bit. And just follow along here with me, just give, bear with me for a moment, but I want to I read into the text a little bit. So here... So let's imagine for a moment what Elizabeth might have been going through these last six months. So she's six months pregnant, barren, too old to have children. Friends, in our cultural context, if a 60-year-old woman was pregnant, would you not have judgmental thoughts toward her? I know I probably would. I might not say them out loud, but in my head I'm going, man, what are those guys thinking? Like, what are they thinking? When they're 80, their kid's going to be 20. They're just going to graduate in high school. They're going to have zero energy to care for them. Like, when they're 10, 11, and 12, they're going to be in their 70s. Like, when those kids are running around church, how in the world are they going to get them? <laughs> like, what are they thinking? Right? Like, you know, if in our cultural context, we, we could have this thought process with a 60-year-old, Imagine one that has been nicknamed barren. Like in a shame culture. We don't live in a shame culture, but they lived in a shame culture. Now what about Mary? When you see a teenage girl pregnant, do you have thoughts of her? I know you do, because I do too. We have thoughts of her, we have thoughts of maybe even her parents, and that's terrible. Right? We have judgmental thoughts. We have no idea the story behind it. Zero. But yet in our thoughts, in our sinful nature, we instantly think in judgmental ways. And it's horrible. But the same thing is probably going here in this day and age. Like remember, biblical times, if a woman, a virgin woman got pregnant, they would stone her. See, what I'm getting at is that Elizabeth and Mary most likely in this story shared feelings of shame, 
shared feelings of isolation from their families, shared feelings of anxiety, frustrations, loneliness, moments of identity crisis that we will never, ever understand. But we will understand a little bit. Like, we can empathize with them, right? Because we have experienced shame. We have experienced isolation. So in some ways, we can understand a little bit of what they're going through. So as we enter into this story, along with Mary and Elizabeth, let's learn how they responded when filled with shame and isolation in these moments and how we might then be, learn from them. So both Elizabeth and Mary responded by hearing. By hearing. That's how they responded, by hearing. Hearing the angel's message to them. Then in the hearing of the message, Mary, in urgency, ran towards a community. She ran towards a community. She ran towards her, her aunt Elizabeth and her uncle who happened to be a priest in the temple of God. Maybe for more answers. Like maybe that's why she ran. Like, man, I, I think I saw it. I saw an angel. This angel told me I was going to be pregnant with the coming Savior. I need some more answers while getting the stares, while getting the ridicule from the people around. And so she needed to get out of Dodge and get over to her aunt and uncle's house. Maybe. I'm just making assumptions here. We don't know. But what we do know of this story is that Mary heard the angel proclaim in verses 36 and 37 of chapter 1 of Luke. It says, And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month. Your aunt, who is barren, is six months pregnant. For nothing will be impossible with God. So Mary hears that she... A virgin will be pregnant and the angel also awakens her to her aunt's situation. So Mary hears and runs to community. See the application question for us, when in times of stress, worry, anxiety, family, whom I love, do you run towards community? Do you run towards family? Do you run towards the church that can lift you up and to have maybe have answers or a prayer for you? Or do you kind of do it on your own? Do you isolate? Do you, you know, I don't want to share this to you yet. Maybe I've got a red rash going on my neck. I can't share this yet. Or do you sit back and police the community? Cast stones at what we are doing or come, but, but rather than coming and getting your hands dirty and seeing what God has done through his word of God and how we can continue to proclaim this instead of getting worried of the things of this world. We need to all humbly lay down our comforts for the sake of joy for ourselves and others. So Mary may have been running from the stairs and judgmental looks of her neighbors to find freedom from those things, but what we see in this text is that Mary may have also been running to be more affirmed in her faith, to grow in her steadfastness, because she had heard from an angel, Gabriel. See, then we have Elizabeth, you, and you can just picture this, right? You can picture this, two women getting together. Mary or Elizabeth now is six months pregnant. She's got a little bit of belly going on, got, feeling the kicks and all that kind of stuff. And then her, her niece comes busting through the door and she call, calls out and you got these two ladies going, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. What are you can picture this, right? 
Like, yes, give me a nod. Two ladies getting together. Oh my goodness, what is going on with you? Right? Like, this is incredible. Two miraculous pregnancies. This is incredible. Like, I've got three women in my house, three little girls, three girls in my house and one wife. And so we've got four women. I know when something needs to be shared, it's going to be shared. Right? That's when I just go and hide. Right? Like, there's shrieks, there's excitement, there's talking, and it's not like, I just want to say one thing and, and I got to wait for 45 minutes, right? Things are going on. They're excited and you can imagine what is going on here. And so they've heard and they believed in this message. And that's my next point. So believing is our second point for this morning. Look at verses 43 through 45. And this is Elizabeth's response when Mary comes in through the door. And why is this granted to me? That the mother of my Lord, she now already is in full belief here. Like you do not have to convince Elizabeth. She's six months pregnant. Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. There is hearing and believing throughout this text. It's just everywhere. So again, both Elizabeth and Mary heard the call to carry John, the one who was to proclaim, this is Elizabeth's child, to proclaim the good news, the, 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 the coming Savior. And then you got the Virgin Mary carrying the one, the coming Savior, the Christ one, the Emmanuel, the God with us. And these two ladies get to experience this together. See, both miraculous pregnancies, both most likely hearing the rebukes, but both ignoring the voice of the world because they rather choose to hear and believe the words of God. See, this will not be a long point, but it is one chock full of application for us. See, many within the church and in the world have heard the story of Jesus and have asked the question, and I've heard this asked to me many times, and I'm sure you, some of you have heard this asked of, uh, as well. If God is so loving, why does he not save my friend, my neighbor, or my spouse? Like if, you're, if God is so loving, why doesn't he save them? See, that's a question. I would say it's not even a good question, but it's a question nonetheless. See, the great question would be, why did God offer salvation to me? That's a great question. You see, the first question comes with a self-righteous bent to it. It's a self-righteous bent. Proclaiming that my justice is greater than God's. God, why didn't you save that person? It's a self-righteousness bent towards that question. But while the second question comes with a humble realization that I am a sinner. And why in the world would the God of heaven come to me? See, this is the question that comes out of Elizabeth's mouth. And ought to be our application and our thoughts over this Christmas season as we Advent together. Look again at verse 43. And may this question be for you as well. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Like, why me? Why do I get to hear the story of Jesus Christ? Why have I heard it so many times and not my friend? Why do I get to hear this? Why me? Why does Jesus come to me? 
See, this is a greatest gift upon hearing that we would believe. See, friends, we need so much help. We have heard about Jesus. We have believed in him. But if there isn't joy in us, have we really heard and believed? Like Paul calls us to ask these types of questions, and they're hard questions, right? They're hard questions. Like if we've heard and we've believed, then, but there's no joy in us, what's going on? Like Paul in, the, in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, you can see it on the screen. Just read it with me here. Examine yourselves. What does that mean? Like examine yourself, like literally step away and look back at Jer here. Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Like take a step away from your, from your life for a second and just examine yourself. This is, this is the loving Paul to the Corinthian church. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you fail the test. So we are called to these kind of questions. And I love you enough to ask you to examine yourself, to test what is going on in your heart. If you've heard the good news of Jesus, if you've believed it with your heart, then where's the joy? So over this amazing gift to each of us is that we would respond with joy. And that's exactly what Mary did. Like Mary's a great example to us. And that's the next passage of this text that we're going to cover here as we close. But look at the, remind, the remainder of our text, starting in verse 46. This is known as Mary's song, the song of Magnificat. It says this, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. It magnifies the Lord. No matter the circumstance, no matter the ridicule, the shame, the isolation, Jesus is my Lord. He has come to me. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked on the, look at that verse. He has looked at the humble estate of his servant. He's looked at me. Seriously? Like God of creation has looked at me? Like, do you ever ask that question of yourself? Like, God looks at you. God has opened your eyes to hear the good news. God has put a Bible in your hand. He's come to you. Seriously? Like this is Mary's song. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. This is not a prideful statement. You too can proclaim this. You are blessed if Jesus has come to you. For all generations will look upon you and go, you are blessed. And Mary recognizes this. For, for he, God, who is mighty, has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away. That is a tough verse for us, is it not? He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And Mary here is tying the whole story together. She gets it before her uncle, the priest, Zechariah, gets it as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. She's tying the whole story all the way back to Genesis 3 when, the, the, when God says to Eve, 
uh, there's going to be seed coming from you that's going to crush the head of the serpent. This is the fulfillment of that. See, this song of Mary, known as the Magnificat, is amazing and it exudes the response of joy after hearing and believing in your heart the promises of God. And you stand up and you do one of these. You know what I'm saying? Right? May we worship like that from now on. Just like, yes. If we did that, that would be amazing. That would be another joy experience locked into my head if all of us just did one of those. It would be so good. Friends, in this short song of Mary, we see that God is our Savior. This is in the text. You can just read it for yourself. But God is our Savior, that he is mighty, that he does great things, that he is holy, he's merciful, he's strong, that he fulfills his promises for those who fear him and believe in him. A few questions for us all as we examine ourselves. Have we been complacent with what we have heard? Just over this Christmas season, over maybe the last six months, maybe over the last two years, have we been complacent over what we've heard? Like, have we lost the response of joy? That just like, yes. Allowing shame, anxiety, trial, isolation, worries of this world to choke out our joy. See, this world, this world and what it offers us is straight up meaningless. It's meaningless. What it offers. Like, what does the world really offer you? Health? Wealth? It can't give you any of it. Can't provide you well health. What God offers is eternal. Like, and our thoughts are more towards the world? That's crazy. God offers you eternal life, and we look to live a little bit longer here? It's insane. It's insanity. Like, our joy comes from the Lord's. Friends, it's time to snap out of our complacency. And I'm talking to myself, too. So don't feel, don't hear my voice just speaking to you and going, oh, you're making me feel so guilty. I'm asking myself this same question throughout this whole week and I'm beating the snot out of myself. Because I want to do what I'm supposed to do here on this earth, and that is to live for him. And I want you to come along with me for the ride. Let's have some fun doing it. Let's be filled with joy. Like, have you heard that Jesus is God? Have you heard that, that God came as Christ, the Christ one, the Emmanuel, to sit, come to pay for the penalty of our sin? Have you heard this? Yeah, right? And he's come, he's, he's not only paid for our sin, but he put all of his righteousness on you. Yeah, mm. yeah. it's good. This is joy filled, right? Like he, he's given you everything. And then he's not only done that, he's created a heaven for you to live eternally with him. And he's coming back for his church one day. And it's going to be soon. And it's going to be the best day ever. It's going to be a wedding, celebration, feast that you've never, ever experienced before. Jordy and I are going to try and replicate that this summer at our home. You're all invited. And it's going to be a great feast and celebration, but it's going to be nothing compared to what we're going to have when Jesus returns. Nothing. So may our joy 
being the one who's coming. May our joy always remember him. Let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you so much for all that you've done. I thank you for these two amazing women that heard your voice through the angels and that they believed in you. Lord, help us hear and believe in what you have done for us. And may our bodies just respond with the natural response of joy. Lord, I pray for my friends, my family in this room, that we will will push away the, the distractions of this world and that we will remember all that you have done for us this season. As we advent together, as we await the arrival of you and reflect on this this amazing event that happened 2,000 years ago and that we can look forward actually to this second coming. And your arrival is coming soon. And we long for it, Lord. Please come. But give us the joy. Be our strength. In Jesus we pray. Amen.